Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's Sunday, which apparently means it's time for the front three with me, Adam Bolt, with the one and only Lawrence McKenna. <laughs> hey, it's Sunday. I like Sundays. Sunday, lovely day. Beautiful, beautiful weekend of weather in the UK. Tweet us now. Let us know what the weather's like in your hometown. Oh, very nice. And we've also got Dave here as well. Well, Sunday is fun day, but it's really strange where the front three is today, Adam. Is, is there any reason for it? I couldn't do a podcast yesterday. And I suggested that we do one on Sunday to wrap up the weekend's actions, talk about everything that's like gone it. down. I like it. It's been it feels good. Quite it's a like good well. We should almost make yeah, it into like a live like show. It was my dad's birthday yesterday, of course. Uh, well, it's happy actually birthday. Dad. Yes, it's his birthday today, actually. Yeah, I so saw him yesterday. Oh. Happy birthday. What's his Twitter dad. handle, Adam? What's his Twitter? Uh, doesn't have Twitter. Doesn't have Twitter, unfortunately. Oh. What's his that. YouTube? You should get on that at Dad Boltwood. He needs to get on that. He needs to get on that hype. For now, someone make that parody account. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the football then. The football has been overflowing this weekend, Dave. And perhaps the most momentous result, at least in the Premier League, is Leicester dropping points against West Ham. A two-all draw. Plenty of incidents to discuss, not least of which Jamie Vardy. Was it a dive, Dave? Yeah, definitely a dive. He, he, he went down like, an absolute bag of beep. But um, yeah, yeah it's just you've got to you've got to punish players for doing that type of thing. And you know, anyone on who doesn't think that it wasn't a dive should watch the replay and and reconsider <laughs> what they're thinking. It's fifty because it was a on, it was a blatant Twitter. dive. It was a silly it was a silly thing to do. That you know, in the game, Leicester City were, were playing well at that point, um, and they were you know they were dominating defensively. They looked really really sound. You know. Kante was excellent again. Drinkwater was brilliant, bursting forward. Structurally looked very good. So for me, it was a massive mistake from Vardy trying to con the referee into a decision. It didn't work, and rightfully he got sent off. His first booking was also a, you know, definitely a hundred percent yellow card. So for me, the referee got it spot on. Worst time to get sent off. I mean, they're in this critical run at this point. I'm almost, you know, I almost want to say, Adam, it's un-English, and for that reason, he shouldn't go to the Euros. It's wow. funny how people don't question the racism at the beginning of the season. But as soon as he dives, oh, God, that's not English. <laughs> There's nothing English about that, mate. It was a pretty dramatic match anyway. John Moss coming in for a lot of criticism on Twitter. A lot of people accusing him of being a Spurs fan, essentially. It was 2-1 up until the dying moments uh, when Leicester got a penalty, which Aloha put away. Big result for them. I think Ranieri, after the game, Lawrence said, psychologically, it was important that they didn't lose. Oh, yeah, obviously. I mean... It- I do think Ranieri is very good at saying something, but not really saying anything. He's kind of, he's developed that as an exercise this season because, you know, English isn't his first language, but it is, uh, you know, still a language. Um, he's, he's basically at the point now where all he has, you know, when you sort of talk to people and they're really superstitious and you go looking forward to today and they go, I'm neither looking forward to it nor not looking forward to it. Uh, it's that sort of that sort of the way that Ranieri now has to feel questions because obviously he'll realise in the, in the fullness of time come the end of the season if he's going yeah I can't wait to win the title then then if they don't then everyone's going to be like ah you're an idiot um, <laughs> so I think he's he's sort of he's doing very well at just sort of sitting on the fence right now and not not really saying much um, it, it post match press conferences very rarely mean anything. Um, 
you know, I mean, even Rafa's pre-match com- uh, comments for Newcastle, very much just like very sort of wallpapery kind of, we need the fans, blah, blah, blah. You're sort of like, well, yeah, of course we do. Mm. You know, you're not in an empty stadium. <laughs> it, was, it was a pretty insane game though, Dave. I mean, John Moss had to be escorted off the pitch at the final whistle. Um, <laughs> by a sort of an, a sort of bouncer-looking bloke, but it is good that Sam Allardyce was there. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> he did well to turn up. But um, it's important for Leicester in terms of if Spurs win tomorrow night at Stoke, that would have closed down the gap to four points. As it stands, it would be five. I mean, do you see this title race being opened back up now? Yeah, I think it. Yeah, I think it's never closed. I think that's the thing. Leicester City have the three three really hard games: West Ham, Chelsea, Man United. We keep going back to that, but that's. That's it. They could they could potentially pick up no points in those those sort of games. So it's still it's definitely not closed. Um, and I, I do think that Spurs have got a big opportunity now to again put pressure on. It's interesting. I think to- Toby Alderweireld came out this week saying that um, he played for an Ajax team that was I think it was something like ten or fourteen points behind PSV Eindhoven at one point. And, oh, no, I think it was FC twenty. Sorry, and they went on to win the league. So he's sort of comfortable in this situation they've done this before and if he can get that around the dressing room if they you know they can be- start to believe that this is their destiny in a way I think that's how Pochettino's got to sell it to the lads that this is it's still on we, we've still got to you know we've got to pick up these wins going to Stoke is going to be a, a very difficult game uh, this season we don't know what Stoke's team sort of turns up sometimes you get a really good ball playing team sometimes you get the old aggressive team but other times you just get a very poor Stoke team so it's going to be interesting, but Spurs, you know, Harry Kane, Deli Alley, they've all got to be on form. Christian Eriksen, Lamella, I think it will be an attack versus defence game for Spurs. So they've got to work that full-back wide, get him, get him in behind the opposition. But it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a great game. It's also the, I think that's part of the issue, isn't it? Is that we've, we've still got five games to go and people are talking as if the season is over. I mean, you know, people last week were saying, talking about the disrespect of uh, Leicester City and stuff by saying it's not over. But until it is mathematically over... You know, we, I, I, I think it is disrespectful to anyone to talk about it, a season as being sort of done and dusted. So, of course, that's still wide open. That, that, you know, I mean, you could even say the same if you flip the table and look at Newcastle, Sunderland and, the, you know, what happened between uh, Sunderland and Norwich and also uh, what happened with Newcastle. You know, everyone was saying Newcastle are now down. Even I was thinking it just a week ago. But now Newcastle, are what, three points from top, uh, from Tottenham, from Norwich? There yeah. indeed. And, um, and interestingly enough, I think both of them, I think Newcastle maybe have three games and Spurs, uh, Sunderland may have two games before Norwich play their next Premier League game. Yeah. So, so again, Norwich big pressure. The relegation big, big pressure. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is. I think, you know, Ranieri hits upon a good point, though, like you said, Adam, is it's the psychological side of things. Mm. Um, and because it's and, that last know, minute penalty as well. That's the thing. Do, do you think it was a penalty that last minute? It seemed pretty innocuous, Mandy Carroll. He does sort of barge into schlup. Well, if he, I'll tell you what, mate. If he is uh, a Spurs fan, then he's a Spurs fan who um, favours Leicester. <laughs> what do you make of Andy Carroll, Dave? Big impact. Scoring at one end, giving away a penalty at the other. Yeah, I was just questioning um, Billich's decision not to start him. It was very weird. I mean, EK came up against um, Wes Morgan and Robert Hooth, and they gave, gave him absolutely nothing in the first half. They bullied him. They battered him. He was you know, on the ground a number of times, a few head collisions. It just seems a crazy game. This seems like a game made for Andy Carroll. He's just scored a hat-trick. His confidence is absolutely flying. West Ham were just crossing the ball endlessly against Arsenal and getting a lot of uh, you know, uh, positivity in the play from that, you know, from playing balls into the box. Arsenal were worried. And it seemed like to test Robert Hooth and Wes Morgan, potentially he could have gone with two strikers. But having not, not have starting Andy Carroll for me was absolutely crazy. Didn't understand it one bit. And again, yeah. Antonio playing at right-back, he's... All of his best play that we've seen over the last few weeks, even where he's played right back or right wing back, he's, it's always been going forward. And again, the second goal came from a brilliant bit of individual wing play from him. I'd say he's probably one of the best right wingers in the Premier League, as in a right winger, not an inside forward, Mares and the rest of the gang. Actually, one that hugs the byline and can create something from a wide area from crosses. I just don't understand why Antonio is not playing right midfield and Andy Carroll's not starting up top. But obviously, Billich has made a number of mistakes this season, but he has corrected them. In. <laughs> Again, he corrected it today. He did you know, correct it in the second half. Martin Oba had a pretty poor performance, and you know, bringing Lanzini on was a, was a good decision. Um, so eventually got it right, but again, Bilic did struggle with his, his starting lineup. Mm, but should he go to the Euros, though? That's the real question. No. Next. Uh, <laughs> next question. Uh, you mentioned Newcastle there, Lawrence uh, Sunderland yeah. as well. Two big 3 0 wins for them. Benitez saying, you know, the side have got newfound belief they can beat the drop. Still doesn't look great for you them know, despite that victory. Well, I don't understand why you don't think it looks great for them. I mean, they're. 
they're within one win and one loss of one of the other two sides of um, going level or above those other teams. And goal difference would be a huge part in that as well. I think Newcastle actually have somewhat of do they have a favourable goal. Let me I'll look at the table before I say that. But um, I mean, the big side of it is that we've seen Benitez's way slowly creeping into the side. And this was one of the first times that we actually saw them looking like a more dominant team. Um, and, you know, essentially the same for Sunderland as well. It, what's funny is it's really it, Norwich are almost a, they seem like a hapless bystander to what's going on between uh, Sunderland and Newcastle <laughs> because it's almost like both of them are like, right, I'm climbing above you. No, I'm climbing above you. So it really doesn't matter where, the, you know, like Norwich almost feel like they're superfluous to the story for Newcastle and Sunderland, you know? Yeah. And sort of felt a bit sorry for them. So 3 0 against Swansea, Newcastle won. Sunderland obviously beating. Uh, Southern obviously beating Norwich 3 as well. In terms of yeah. the fixtures coming up, though, Newcastle have got to play Man City, they've got to play Liverpool at their next two yep. games, as you say, before Norwich play okay. their next game. So, so actually, uh, Nor- uh, sorry, it was good for Newcastle's goal difference because they're, they're minus 26, whereas Norwich are minus 25 and Sunderland are minus 18. Blimey. So uh, in terms of it being good for Newcastle, they're going to have to be pretty high scoring if, come the end of the season, it goes down to something like goal difference. Mm, it's it's going to go down to the wire, isn't it? I mean, who are the teams you think are going to go down then? Who are your picks for the two? I think it is going to be some of the Newcastle still, to be honest. Good question. I'm, I'm sticking with my prediction from last week, which was Norwich, Spurs, oh. and Newcastle, and of course Aston Villa, who were relegated by the mighty Manchester United on Saturday. Yeah, the one good thing that your team has actually done this season, Dave, how does that feel? Um, the one thing that your team has actually achieved is relegating another side, imposing <laughs> <laughs> misery. <laughs> And you were part of it. it. You will always be part of that treasured memory. Of and you've got a weight Villa off Julian Lescott's shoulders as well. Yeah, <laughs> really yeah, you know, the, poor, the, poor old Julian. The Instagram quote is not a correct one. Like he's misquoted on Instagram, but his quotes do sort of go to a similar tone. But uh, not, no, sorry, similar words, but not the same tone. His quote, his exact quote was, "It's about results. So regardless of how we played in patches today, we are relegated. But now it's confirmed. Yeah, Maybe it's a weight off the shoulders, and we can give these fans what they deserve: some performances." No, that's meant to be weeks ago, Jolly. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, 33 games ago, that was when you were supposed to be with these fans of promises. Oh, it's a, it's a real relief to be relegated. We can finally start performing well now. <laughs> like, this doesn't make any sense. It, it, either way, you've let the fans down and they don't give a... They, like, they don't care now. Mm. What would you? What is there to win? The whole point of putting in a performance was that it would give them the hope of staying up. If you're just going to put in it... Like, if you're going to go out there and start playing like, like the Harlem Globetrotters... That's not going to give anyone any sort of hope for next season. They're not going, oh, I can't wait to you know, play Rotherham next year. No disrespect <laughs> to Rotherham, but you get what I mean. A lot of Gallo's humour around uh, Villa Park as well. The yes. sort of, you know, uh, sorry, around... Julian Lescott, he's got a new car. That was the Villa fans' chant yesterday. He, you know what's funny? Like... He said as well, uh, I, you know, as a fan myself, I've heard Julian Lescott is a fan of West Brom, a fan of Aston Villa, a fan of Wolves, a fan of pretty much everyone. He just loves football, Lawrence. He loves football. He's a, yeah, football's the way. I think that's actually what he ended his quote with. He went, we're relegated, but I think overall today, football's the winner. Football's the winner, like, yeah. Right. Is. In many ways, that's true. He was like, I'm so existential, aren't I? That'll go down really well in the championship. Relegation confirmed then, Dave, but the worry is there doesn't seem to be signs that they could come straight back up. It looks like this could be... You know, the fear is it could be an extended stay in the championship, if not lower. You'd say so. This team's absolute rubbish. You know, there's nothing there. Absolutely nothing there. There's nothing there in this Man United team, but let alone there's, there's absolutely no threat at all from this Villa team. John Neu looks a few a few little half breaks, but he looks again. He looks like he looks a little bit overweight since he, he joined Villa. He was quite lean. Now he looks overweight. You know, look at Kieran Richardson and Bakuna playing out wide. There's nothing there. Nothing in central midfield. It's just. And then there's nothing at the back. They just have nothing in that side. And, you know, there's championship teams there that have quality that potentially won't go up this season. You know, that, the playoffs in the championship are quite competitive this year. So if, if Villa do go, you know, Villa are going to go down, are they going to come back up? Probably not. The likes of Sheffield Wednesday, Derby, you know, Hull City, Brighton. If they don't make it up into the Premier League, they're going to be the ones that will be fighting for promotion next year. And you say Aston Villa are probably going to be fighting relegation again, to be quite frank. The other result in the Premier League today, Lawrence, was Arsenal 1, Crystal Palace 1. Another disappointing result for Arsenal, who seemed determined to finish fourth. But Pardew absolutely <laughs> marches into the the, the uh, boardroom Pardew. at Crystal Palace going, told you, got another result, there we go, that's the point you needed, give me another contract. 
<laughs> it was, I get uh, us over the line. I get us over the line. Yes, but Alan, the point is you're playing teams that are low on confidence or not feeling it. Doesn't matter. I'm better. All those old frustrations are exploding again. I saw on Twitter people talking about having a protest, a Venga out protest on Monday outside yeah. the stadium. It's a disappointing end to the season when, you know, you had a season where Chelsea have obviously had a complete meltdown. Manchester City are sort of not quite performing as they should have. Liverpool, now at the end of the season, are starting to show signs of what the transition under Klopp may be like. Arsenal just underwhelming. <laughs> so yes. underwhelming. Yeah. I feel like the the big problem again, we've got to allude to it again, is Sanchez not playing through the middle. You look at when he links up with Ozil and it's, it looks really good. It looks like they've got that understanding. Why not play him up front? He's a player that can score you 20 goals in a year and there's no one else in that squad that could do that. Mm. And again, it's just, it's, it just confuses me so much. You know, we can't, the guy doesn't defend, doesn't trap back. So why are you playing him in a wide position? Don't understand it. I don't understand Wenger. I don't understand Arsenal this season. They've completely blown up. Really have blown up this time. Complete. It's just, you know. It's, it's mental. Look at the table. United are now four points behind Arsenal. This is one of the worst United... Yeah, United are really fucking... They are so shit. Every week I have to spend 90 minutes of my life watching that shit. And yeah, they're only four (laughs) points behind Arsenal. I don't understand. That's probably the biggest uh, insult you can lay at Arsenal's feet, isn't it? (laughs) The shit Man United side of four points. You don't have to, but yeah. Yeah. And West Ham are only, what, seven points, six points behind them now as well? Yeah, seven, seven behind Arsenal. A bit of a disappointment. But it looks like it's petering out. You know, you'd expect maybe Arsenal could have. Yeah, made it a little bit interesting. Try and keep pace with Spurs because if no, you know, if nothing else, Arsenal fans obviously still want to finish above Spurs. But that's looking even unlikely now, and that's something that's happened <laughs> since before the dawn of time, I believe. Um, also, this weekend, Rangers v Celtic, Lawrence. Shit. Um, yeah. a few oh, banging goals, dramatic penalty shootout, an open goal yeah. miss. Good to see yeah. that game again. The passion. And it's going to be a regular thing from next season, which is obviously good in itself. Yeah, I suppose so. I've always, never, I've never really been a huge fan of the year. <laughs> Dave, you know you're not a mute, right? <laughs> no, I'm just laughing at you, your diplomacy here, Lawrence, because quite frankly, this is, was one of the worst sort of, the Celtic Rangers, are, they're not great at the moment. It's no, quite neither sad. Of them are it's sad. Good. Neither of them are particularly good. Uh, I think we all remember, you know, n- none of us remember the great sides of the 80s or whatever because we're all too young. Um, mm. It's uh, It seems a lot like people grabbing for relevance um, in a place where they've been let down by a lot of other people. I mean, I was listening to a really good interview by Graham Hunter with Joe Jordan today, and they were talking about the wonderful Scottish sides of this, I think it's 74 and 78 Euros and World Cup and those sort of things. And they were saying how they were the only side that went to South America to represent sort of the, um, you know, the, the, the powers of uh, the United Kingdom, if you like, or Great Britain. And, um, you know, that, that sounded like a great team. But we can't keep harking back to things that are gone now, stuff mm. that's still in the 90s. You know, this thing, this almost, it, I know it's still relevant and there's a lot of bad, but, but and it's, you know, obviously it sounds sort of not very, um, uh, I don't know how to put it. Basically, it doesn't have because of everything that's gone on mm. these two huge corporations now are, don't have the same relevance to everyone else and there's a lot of people on twitter who either want you to know that they utterly feel it or they don't give a shit and the point is that like your overall your league's struggling it's just a really skewed ecosystem of a football place to play football right now and i understand people still care about these teams because they're you know they've got no way out like you know i don't blame the fans for caring about rangers winning over celtic mm. But for everyone else, let's not pretend like it means the same to me. It doesn't. Well, I think I, you know, I genuinely, I don't, I don't feel that passion about this. Uh, about this, of course, I think not, there's a massive think... like failing in in the academies over there, right? You know, we used to have all these wonderful Scottish players that were produced. What? Where have they gone? Like, like Kenny Miller's been at Rangers for like God, like fifty years, has he? But where's the next Kelly Min- Kenny Miller coming from? You know, <laughs> I where's, he was still why, why don't I these it. why don't these like Scottish teams? Why are they not Why are they not investing in the youth academy? You know, we talk about how the British youth, the English youth academy, sorry, is absolutely failing. What the hell is going on in Scotland? Mm. You know, where's the, the last sort of player that there was this big excitement behind coming from Scotland? It's crazy that I just I, I, I don't understand. Now they go back to the teams of the you know you mentioned the eighties, Lawrence. But go back to that Celtic team was the first British side to win a Champions League. They were, they were all from the local local area, what they were like yeah. within 20 miles of the ground. 
Where's mm. that gone? Where's that quality of talent gone? It's probably still there, but why? Where is it not being drawn out? Why is it not being nurtured? And why? And it's sad. It is really sad because I'd love the I'd love the Scottish League to be, you know, the two sides in the Scottish League to be Champions League very competitive in there. That'd be great to see, but it's just not happening, is it? No. Mm. But I think there is that there is that interest there in terms of obviously Rangers collapse was so dramatic, and this is the first time they've obviously played Celtic since. It's sort of that that journey back to the top I know it doesn't hold the same historic you know luster anymore but I think it's interesting that you know it, it meant so much to them obviously you could see that from the celebrations it meant so much to the, the players and the fans and I think um, it's definitely I know it's definitely a good thing to see them back uh, to where maybe they, they should be 100% 100% elsewhere this weekend um, what else have we had well, we, we're currently in, in a bit of a massive power switch in Spain as well because Atletico Madrid have just beaten Granada three goals to nil. Coke was in inspired form, goal oh, and an assist. Fernando Torres also scored, and then Ander, uh, Angel Carrera rounded off the victory, but it puts them level on points with Barcelona. Barcelona have got to go away to a resurgent Valencia team um, after Gary Neville's exit. Paco's been doing a pretty decent job over there, so... It's going to be an interesting end of the Liga title race, yeah. a title race that I, I quite frankly thought was over. Exactly, I think everyone thought it was over, and then all of a sudden, Atletico Madrid come back. I mean, what do you make of Barcelona in recent weeks, then, Dave? Because they have been off some some of a downward spiral. Um, hopefully, they're going to arrest that tonight. But structurally, they've been awful. Yeah, so while, the problem while... is they just, they're just not defending as a unit anymore. Mm. I don't know what's happened. I don't know whether this Messi getting injured was a bit of a bad move for the whole team because. It meant that Neymar became the fulcrum of the side and, and, and you know, didn't have to defend, didn't have to track back anymore. And it seems like he's kept that when Messi's returned. See, Messi is a wonderful player, but you don't want Messi defending. You'd rather Neymar defend than Messi. And it just seems like it happened in the Champions League. They weren't compact enough against Arsenal. They weren't compact enough against Atletico Madrid. And it's, it's, a, it's a massive concern from Enrique. You know, he's really got to evolve this Barcelona team again in the summer. He's obviously evolved it before, but it's going to be a big, big task. You know, their signings of, you know, Arda Turan, not too keen on that as a signing for Barcelona. I don't think it fits Barcelona. They don't really play in a 4-4-2. They don't really play with wide players in a 4-4-2 that defend. He could probably do that, but that means you're dropping one of the front three, which obviously you're not going to do. So structurally, they could have that. gone another way. They could have potentially moved Messi inside, moved Messi a bit deeper. Then put him. There's going to be some big, big um, sort of movements. I think in, in Barcelona in the summer, potentially even you know this sort of works out for Paul Pogba moving there to give them that life back. Wow. Yeah, get someone else who's undroppable in the team. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. <laughs> That's four players. Rakitic, you're out. See you later. Anything else to mention before we get on to the questions? The good well, stuff. Liverpool obviously beat Bournemouth, uh, and I we went there, Adam. I just want to give that video a quick plug. Oh, um, I was about. You know, to, I was about to plug it with the first question. But, um, oh, okay, fair enough. Go let's on. do it now, anyway. Lawrence, you went to Liverpool for Borussia Dortmund free. We sent you there for the bucket list for the Football Republic. Great video out on the we channel. Make sure you go and check we it said, out. We said um, we called Liverpool. We said, listen, is this going to be a good match? They said, yeah. Um, you know, do you want some tickets? We said, yes, please. We said, but we want to know what's the final score going to be. Final, don't worry, we'll win. And we said, cool, great, we're there. Um, so on the night we went along, and it was, I'd say. The, the closest to a footballing religious experience that I've ever had. Um, and just, I'd say, one of the best bonding experiences between any set of fans that we've ever seen. Some excellent moments within there, like really nice minor details within it, which are sort of, you know, the uh, Dortmund fans holding up the, the signs for the 96 during You Never Walk Alone, uh, the whole stadium sort of doing a minute silence, but also some applause before and after that. Um, there, there were a lot of people crying, I will say, in the cop at that point. A lot of grown men who looked hardened uh, in life, you know, shedding a tear during You Never Walk Alone, wow. at the beginning and at the end of the game. Um, and afterwards, just sheer disbelief that Liverpool had gone and done that. Um, and obviously, that's a huge thing for Liverpool this season. Obviously, they only, you know, they, they won 2-1 uh, against Bournemouth. Really, it was 2-0 Bournemouth score very late. Um, and... You know, it was, I think it was a pretty, it was something which really gave Liverpool a lot to think, Liverpool fans a lot to sort of think about um, and how far the team can go. But one thing that everyone has to realise around that is you can't, you know, we can't do that every time. There has to be better performances. But what it showed was that there were some really great pieces of talent within that side. You know, Liverpool scored some good goals within that. There's a lot to take, even if they had to come from behind on it. What, I mean, you know, how many other, I, I don't care about comparing to other sides, but imagine going 2-0 down to a team and sort of thinking, right, we're out of this, you know? 
Um, it was that, that free one was <laughs> free one was it was pretty. I mean, you you see it in the video, Adam. Is we sort of go, nothing's changed. Like you know, we still have to score a, a, a fuck ton of goals in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Um, and they did, and it was really impressive because Dortmund, and um, you know, countered that. I mean, Dave's probably got more of a comment on this, but Dortmund pretty much crumbled. You know, uh, you see Hummels when the first goal goes in from Origi. Origi sort of barges past him once he's got the ball, and Hummels just looks sort of dejected just to have conceded one. Mm. So. It was, un- it was unusual because, you know, I-, I thought more of this Dortmund team. Um, but when they were questioned, they sort of did fade, basically. You know, because that Origi goal and the Coutinho goal were fantastic goals from Liverpool. Really well played around, you know, essentially one of the strongest parts of this side. Mm. It was an absolutely incredible game. Definitely go and check out the video on the Football Republic for now. That Louis Morat. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, Louis Morat is asking. And I was like, here's a rant. He is asking. Now, Liverpool, now, you've, now you've explained that, Lawrence, that you're through to the yeah. semi-finals of the Europa mm-hmm. League. Louis Mirad wants to know about Villarreal. Obviously, oh, the opponent's you, thoughts oh. going into that game on Villarreal. Well, I think they've, um, they're a good side defensively. I think only Athletic Madrid have kept more clean sheets in the Liga this season there. I think they've got 14 clean sheets. Athletic are on 19 or 20 after the Granada game. Um, but what Villarreal have got, they've got some good, decent players, but structurally they're a very good side. Uh, Bakabam, Bakam, I'm going to absolutely choke this now. I've just choked it already. So up front, they've got a, a striker in real form in Bakam Boo, scored um, nine goals in um, the Europa League this season. So he's their top scorer there. And they've also got Denis Suarez, the, the ex um, Barcelona graduate now playing on the right-hand side. He's got six assists, the most in, in uh, the Europa League. So there is talent in this squad. So Liverpool obviously going to go in there. They've just beaten the best team in the competition in Borussia Dortmund. So they're going to go there with uh, with confidence. But they've got to not. They've got to give this side respect. And obviously Klopp will know that. So it's going to be a really interesting side to see whether they can deal with the big striker and, and Denis Suarez. I think they're the two danger men. But you've also got uh, Bobby Soldado in there, Adam. So you know we do know about him. His goals. The danger, man. Hotspur, the, the danger, danger man. man. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see. But yeah, again, the Liverpool performance was absolutely exceptional against Borussia Dortmund. But it sort of showed how Dortmund crumbled. They played like that against Schalke the weekend before. So it wasn't something new, but it just happened again where the game just got too open and they couldn't see see out a uh, leading position. Yeah. Do you feel confident, though, uh, Lawrence? Because as incredible as the win was, I think you pointed out there the, the defensive deficiencies of what is worrying for Liverpool. Oh, absolutely. Um, although, you know, again, it's sort of what Klopp manages to get out of that defence uh, is also goals. Uh, and that's all that matters, really, is that, uh, you know, Lovren and uh, Sacco, just if they concede one, they go down the other end and they smash it in. Uh, yeah, they, uh, you know, there, there is a genuine intake of breath every time around Anfield, every time um, <laughs> Sacco gets on the ball. <laughs> um but that's what it is. You know, I mean, Liverpool fans have got to accept that. And, you know, it is, they are at where they're at right now. And they, they need to give them that time. But you, th- these two are two good central defenders. Um, they, you just need to give them that time. Mm. This sort of ties into David Shanahan's question. Thank you for your question. Who's winning the Champions League and the Europa League? Now the draws have been done. Oh, I'm going to say Sevilla and... You still think Sevilla? Yeah, I still think You think Sevilla that Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool will get fucked by Sevilla? <laughs> just think, what, how many finals is this going to have been for them in the, in the last few years? Three in a yeah. row. That's good. Yeah, so it's, if, you know, if that happens, you know, you know, we're getting around ahead of ourselves. But if that does happen, that will be sort of the ultimate belief of Jurgen Klopp versus, you know, the ultimate belief of a set of fans. Uh, I think Liverpool could do it. You're sort of making, you're sort well, of swaying me. Thanks for sitting on the fence. You're sort of swaying me, but I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for Sevilla, and I'm gonna go for okay. Atletico Madrid. Okay. Boom. Do whatever you want, mate. Do whatever. Uh, what Madrid, you brilliant. So you're, gonna go, you're gonna go for Liverpool, and I'm gonna go for Liverpool, and I'm gonna go for. Ooh, good question. Uh, I want to go City. It City. would be funny if Pep ended up in the final against uh, City, though, wouldn't it? Uh, I'm going to go Real Madrid. Real Madrid? Yeah. Real Madrid. Yep. Dave? Um, I'm going to go... Oh, sorry, Atletico. I'll go for Atletico instead. I like them. I've got a horrible feeling it's going to be Manchester City winning the Champions League. 
Um, and then I'm going to go with Sevilla because they are sick at the Europa League. Yeah, see? They're sick at the Europa League, Lawrence. Yeah, they are sick at the Europa League. Sick, bro. Dave, I'm, I'm sick of them in the Europa League, so... They are, right, they're mate. Great. You know, I want to see something. Right, mate. Jesus. Jesus, next, pal. Next question from Mohamed Shantakutinio. Thank you for your question, Mohamed. Oh, I like, I like Mohamed. Mohamed's maybe my favourite tweeter. Wow. Mohamed, consider your Sunday made. What sort of recruiting do LFC need to do to challenge for the league next season? What names, Lawrence? Goetze and such. You say Goetze? I'm not quite sure why. Goetze and such. Um, hmm. uh, yeah, I don't even think that's their least strong position. I think Liverpool need a fullback on the left. Um, someone to replace Lucas or Joe Allen. Uh, although we'll see come the end of the season whether both those guys will leave. Considering Emery Chan is now out and another striker because Ben Teke is clearly out of favour. Mm, okay. Spurs is life at Bidon Spurs said. Should Spurs sell anyone in the summer? Hmm. I can't think of anyone at the moment who Spurs should sell. I think everyone, or a lot of the players, have, have played quite an important role, if not in the first team, then as a squad. The one name I can think of that comes to mind is Nabil Bentaleb, has sort of not really featured that much. He has been injured, however, for a lot of the season. I still wouldn't want to sell him, because I, I do rate him as a player. He um, was obviously very good last season as well. I don't think there's anyone we really need to, to desperately... Do you think though? Do you think Adam? That's my part of my problem is that I'm almost a little bit too sentimental with some of these players. Do you have maybe just an element of sentiment, just a marginally too much sentiment on one or two of those players? Like who? I don't have any sentiment towards Bentaleb. I just think he's quite good. So I I wouldn't be. You don't have sentiment towards Bentaleb. I mean, there is someone else. I would be desperate to sell him. I mean, Fazio, I think, is on loan. So. We should probably try and sell Fazio if we can. Do you not think, um, think it's more outrageous that Dyer is not nominated for young player of the season? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, class. If you're putting if you're putting Barkley in there, he's one of know, the most improved players, isn't he? We said that a few weeks ago, Eric Dyer. Not, one, not only one of the most improved, but he's he's taken this. You know, he's taken up the mantle of a really important position within the Spurs team, and that's you can't say that for Barkley. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. Going to put anyone in there, it's going to be Dyer ahead of Barkley, and I'm really finding it hard to see why Barkley gets in ahead. It's got to be what just about Coutinho. What did you make of Coutinho getting nominated? I, the thing is, uh, Dave. Um, when I was looking at Liverpool before the first leg, I saw Coutinho uh, compared numbers-wise to uh, Royce. Um, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And, you know, there are only sort of very surface numbers like goals and assists, those sort of things. Um, and sort of numbers on the pitch, chances create, that kind of stuff. He, it seemed quite favorable. Um, so I think that's some, sometimes where you've got to go outside the box in a way. And Marco yeah, exactly. Royce has, a, has, a, has, a stop, has had sorry, a stop-start season again exactly. with injuries. Exactly. When he's playing, God, Marco Royce is good. And I'd say Marco Royce is, is better than Coutinho when he's, when he's in form. He's also the issue, of, isn't it? He's also ahead of him in terms of development. Yeah, in development and age. Yeah, correct. You know, that's, that's, that's the problem with stats sometimes. Obviously, Coutinho, again, has had spells of this season where he's been exceptional, but also spells where he's been pretty anonymous. So it's, it's interesting to see that their numbers do kind of link up in a way that they've both been in and out of their sides and not hitting that top form yet. But Coutinho will, and I, I imagine Marco Royce will again. 
Yeah, I mean, um, I'm, you know, I wasn't sort of uh, putting uh, either of them down. I was just sort of, um, I, was, I was trying to work out where Coutinho sits. I think he's an excellent player. I think he's probably technically one of the most gifted players in the league, which is probably why he's on that list, because he sort of gives it a bit of diversity in that sense. Um, you know, he sort of ticks all the boxes. He's Brazilian. His, I'd say his touch is better than anyone else in uh, that um, in that category. You know, and, and, you know, you can say Deli Ali is fantastic, but it seems that Coutinho just has a, you know, even if he doesn't have the end product, he has this consistent entertaining factor, which doesn't come from a kind of grit. It comes from a, a sort of Brazilian charm. So I think that's probably one more wise part in the game is because it's almost like he's some sort of unusual foreigner that the FA like. Um, Spurs' life also said, if Spurs did win the league, will they be able to attract players like Isco, ETC? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that winning the league would make that any more likely than it already is, because it looks like they're going to finish second. Champions League football next season, obviously, well, probably the best team in the Premier League in terms of scored the most goals, conceded the fewest goals. Um, I don't see why they're winning the league would necessarily make them, you know, significantly more attractive than they already are. Is what I'd say for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, sure, surely it would put them on, uh, you know, obviously... You can sort of go, well, we've done it. You know, there you go. And you will be part of this. Um, it does help, mm. you know, but you'd argue that because of what they've done and because of, you know, the, how good they are, players will want to go there because they've got a great system going on. And they get to work under Poch, which is surely a dream. There's, gonna, there's um, a lot of other teams, Adam, that have got managers that people want to work under. You know, there's Klopp, there's Mourinho, allegedly. There's, you know, all sorts of thanks, Bill. Um, there's that. lots of other. Uh, <laughs> it's like we've not heard it before. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, yeah, it's, but you know what I mean, though. Uh, mm. you know, Speaking of a... which, Lorenzo, the main man Lorenzo, writing hey, in, on. he's saying, will Simeone succeed at Arsenal? <laughs> what? He's not there yet, well, mate. Well, he's, well, he's not well, there yet. No, no, he's at our <laughs> This um, calls for Simeone have been growing over the last few weeks, of course. As I said, today's result was another disappointing one for Arsenal. It's, Groundhog Day, as always, Wenger in, Wenger out. But we've, I think we've said before, Simeone wouldn't necessarily suit the style at Arsenal. I feel like that playing style is something that will, or the club will look to continue even after Wenger has left. Yeah, I'd say so, 100%. Again, the question why Simeone would ever leave. There's so many talented young players at Atletico yeah, yeah. right now. Oliver, Oliver Torres, Koke still young, Sol's young, Carrera's young. Griezmann's still young. <laughs> There's just too many players that have got quality that, that fit Simeone's... And there's no to leave that club. Yeah, that's not it. someone who can't you know, fulfil his ambitions with. Champions League finalists, potentially. Yep. You know, as you said, still in the race for the title. Why, got a you know, you massive new stadium coming. It seems like a crazy thing. And again, like the style you mentioned, would players like... For you playing I- Iwobi and Sanchez out wide for Simeone, they're just not Simeone wide players. Simeone loves a central midfielder out wide that's going to work hard for you and then two strikers that move around a lot. Again, up front for Arsenal. Olivier Giroud would probably fit Simeone. Um, Sanchez playing up front would sit Simeone. But then, I just don't, yeah, it doesn't. it's a really bad club fit, I think, like you mentioned, Adam. Mm-hmm. I think they've got this style. Why change it? The academy's geared towards playing this passing football. Obviously, potentially you're going to question my, why it's not working at the moment because it's not being implemented properly, I'd say. So it's, it potentially could be a time for change for Arsenal, but Simeone just... Isn't there? It doesn't fit at all for me. Here's a good question from King H at Yanes Haddy on Twitter. What is the best combined eleven out of the UEFA Champions League semi-finalists? Ooh, that's a good one, isn't it? Let's go Ooh. through it then quickly. Yeah, goalkeeper. So none of the uh, none of the City players. Then <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Goalkeeper. Let's see, we'll, we'll see about that. Goalkeeper. Surely relax, Dave. I Surely can't make say things like Neuer. that. <laughs> it upsets Dave, doesn't it? Um, goalkeeper. Neuer. Yeah, sorry. That's a given, mm, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right back. Is it, is it back Sanya? Um, <laughs> San- We've got Sanya. P- Pilam. Pilam. D. Carvajal. Carvajal. Or we have uh, uh, the legend yeah. that is Juan Fran. Whew. I think I that's got to be P. P. Lam, right? It's hard to look past Philip Lam. It is hard to look past Philip Lam. Let's go with that. Okay. Philip Lam, right back. Yeah, go, go, Dean at the back, surely. Yes. Go, Dean, and, now, and 
Boateng. But again, he's been injured most of the year, so it'd be a little bit unfair to throw him in there ahead of the legend that is Sergio Ramos. No, I'm joking. He's he's a nutter. (laughs) Otamendi? Mangala? Oh, God. No. Kimmich? David Alaba? (laughs) As erratic as uh, Sergio Ramos is. Don't we want him at left back? Yeah, this is true. I think I might... Yeah, I keep thinking of Barcelona players and then going, nah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, so, let's put, let's so, put Alibur at left back. And Sergio Ramos in the middle? No, Even no, though he's no. I'd like, I prefer him over yeah. Otamendi or Mangala. As good as Mangala has been in recently. Got Savic, though, could be in there for yeah. Atletico. Mm. Very under the radar centre-half. Um, mm. yeah. Let's go with Ramos, because if we don't, people are going to get mad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, how many play, how many are you playing midfield? This what is a big question, Dave. I'll give you this one. I have a clue what formation we're going to play, here, guys. This is this is. Let's go with like a four-four-one-one formation because that looks quite, you know, interesting at the moment. You'd say Atletico play a similar style to that. City play that. You'd say Real Madrid. No, don't really play that. I suppose <laughs> yeah, Bayern do. Bayern play whatever they want to play, whatever day of the week it is. So All right, great. Yeah, let's, let's go with that. One, one. That means two yeah. central midfielders, which is. Oh God, this is so hard. Got Koke, Tony Cruz, all the Barcelona, all the Barcelona, sorry, all the Bayern. When you got, oh, you got um, Vidal has been awesome. Vidal, oh, super. I reckon, I reckon Vidal Cruz. Vidal Cruz. Then where's Koke going to play? Uh, what about Vidal Koke? Then what about Cruz? It's one of the hardest <laughs> things I've ever done. What about Fernandinho as well? He's been absolutely awesome in the knockout stages. Let's go Lawrence. for Vidal. Yeah, good point. Although, yeah, not consistent. No shame. Vidal, shame, shame okay. Boom. Yeah, yeah, Vidal, okay. Who's on the right? Who's on the right in midfield, Dave? Right, so we've got G, G Bale's been playing there for um, Real, hasn't he? He's been very good since coming back from injury. Back on form, back on form. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, then um, and left. Douglas Costa, maybe? Nice. One of the signings of the season. Mm, yeah. Then there's oh. Cristiano Ronaldo, though. And then there's... We could stick him on the left, though, surely, or up front, even. Or even yeah, oh, sorry, yeah. We still are, yeah so, so on the right, we're talking about. Let's get Bale in there. Boom. Yeah, Bale on the right. Left. Left. Brahim. So pretty much got to be... Sterling. <laughs> could you Stop go KDB? No, KDB's going to play yeah. playing off the striker, mate. KDB's oh, in the one behind. I like that. Okay. KDB there. So on the left, we could... K- so KDB's off the striker. Then on the left, we go Ronaldo. Be, then striker. Be Ronaldo, yeah. So then the striker. Ronaldo, is De Bruyne. The, what about Griezmann, though? Oh, I like Griezmann. that, Dave. That is lovely. That'd be so fluid, that That is a good... You know what? We always do this, and then all three of us go, that's pretty good. And then someone tweets us and go, you didn't even think yeah, of it. Okay, like, oh, so yeah. we've, we've missed Thomas Muller, Lewandowski, yeah, Benzema. We're all right with that? No, Aguero's not in the team. My yeah. one Fernando mark, Torres isn't yeah. in the team. That striker is the question mark for me. Is it Griezmann or Aguero or Lewandowski? I feel or, like Aguero, as good as Griezmann is, much as I like him, Lewandowski and Aguero might be... A little bit above it, a little bit ahead you of watch. Me. There'll be a YouTuber out there, Adam, who's going to make a video about this now. I can guarantee it. I reckon, right, let's go at Lewandowski. We've got to go Lewandowski. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, lads. We do like Griezmann. We're a big Gre- Griezmann podcast fan, but sorry. So we've gone for Manuel Neuer, Philip Lahm, Diego Godin, Sergio Ramos, David Alaba, Arturo Vidal, Koke, Gareth Bale, Ronaldo, Kevin De Bruyne, and Robert Lewandowski. Oh, we haven't got any Barcelona players. Oh, wait. It's because they're not in the semis, mate. Oh, <laughs> semis team. Semis. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. There you have it. A combined 11. Let us know what you think. Send in your combined 11s on Twitter at the front three. Oh, wait. We haven't got any Spurs. Oh, burn. <laughs> Sick burn, bro. Next question. Should we do it with the Who UAL the... as well, Adam? Because Liverpool are in that one. Oh, yeah. No, no Man United players in there, Lawrence. That's a good point, Dave. That's what makes me happy about that combined 11. The problem is, I can't name that many Villarreal players. Guillerman said, who will be the top scorer in the top five leagues in Europe this season? Won't be Jamie Vardy. 
There's a lap man. It's going to be, I think. Is that yeah. man's going to win the, the golden boot, is he? Well, the yeah. Zlatan man can't win the golden boot, but your question was top score in European top five leagues. Unfortunately, the Zlatan man only gets a 1.5 multiplier in the golden boot race. Yeah. Um, so it'll probably be overall top score. Yeah. yeah, so it'll be the top scorer, but I reckon Ronaldo will win the golden boot. Wow. Next question. That's why the multiplier does help. Harsh oh, yeah. Singal said, Wenger, Conte, Pep, Klopp, Jose, Poch, even Bilic and Ranieri. Is there an argument for the English Premier League not being the best league next season? Uh, well, I mean, best is subjective. It is indeed. <laughs> best for managers. Premier League's always been good for, for great managers. The league yeah. has got the great players, you know. We've got the managers. Good point. I think it is. It's the best. I think it's the best ever league comprised of managers. I think no leagues have this depth and this quality of manager. Yeah. Or this diversity of manager is what you'd say. Mm. Yeah. Well, you'd, you could argue that what five, six, seven, eight of them are uh, probably you know boring on that sort of top top level of manager. I'm not going to say world class because I don't like calling things world class, but definitely there at the top. Mm. Speaking of which, Jose Mourinho. Next question from Preston: If Manchester United are to have a new manager next season. Preston's not convinced it's going to be Mourinho and they can't finish fourth. Wouldn't it be better to finish outside of the Europa League as well? If we are having a change slash turnover slash transition season next year, let's just focus on the league. So he sort of wants to finish outside of the top four this season and European football together so he can focus on the league. Correct. Hello. Sound good, Dave? Sorry, lads. Um, my time went off and I didn't hear that. Well, Dave, why have you got a timer on, Dave? That's all I want to know. Because I'm cooking some food, mate. What are you cooking, Dave? I'm cooking roast chicken and roast vegetables. Leave this in, Adam. We need people to know that Dave is competent outside of stats. <laughs> what are you cooking, Dave? Some veggies? Yeah, I'm cooking some roast chicken and vegetables, mate. Oh, delicious. What vegetables you got with your chicken? What well, so what I've got, I've gone healthy, right? So I've got nice. celeriac. Pasta. <laughs> <laughs> Celeriac, uh, sweet potato, red onion, and courgette. That was lovely. Mm, yeah, not the, you know, not pretty... the best choice, I'd say, to go with chicken, personally. But, uh, uh, no, but I, I'm, it's feeling summery. So I've got like summery veg with nice. chicken because it's nearly the summer. So mentally, I'm not in the winter anymore, Adam. I mean, it's hard to argue with logic like that, isn't it? Hard to exactly. argue. Um, the question <laughs> coming up next is Bay v Bay said, which former Premier League team would you ideally like to see back in the BPL again? Mm. I assume he's talking about relegated teams. No, Leeds. I miss Leeds. Oh, I don't miss Leeds. They used to be a big club, didn't they? I used to enjoy having them in the Premier League. And now, they're nothing. Well, not nothing. (laughs) I wouldn't mind seeing Leeds back. Yeah, Leeds would be fun. Leeds would be fun. Uh, any suggestions, Lawrence? Blackburn. <laughs> Blackburn. Good shout. Here's a good question from the main man, John Shin. Love John Shin. What steps slash advice can you share for those wanting to pursue a job slash career being involved in football media such as you, gents? Helps to be middle class and white, mate. Um, a bit of part. <laughs> um, Lawrence, that's terrible advice. Uh, it's not advice, mate. It's just more uh, It's realism. Um, uh, go go and study something that you really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Learn everything is what I would say. Be multifaceted. Don't just be yeah. an editor. Say, but, but you know Learn what? Adam, a camera. Uh, you, you might be Don't wrong in be... saying that. You might be wrong in no, saying that. No, I'm right in saying that. No, I think you're wrong because actually, right. uh, you if you really want to hone a craft, try and hone mm. a craft. I think that's where. You know, obviously, you can you can pick up a bit of camera. You can pick up a couple of other things. Find something that you really love doing and do it there, um, because you know you can pick up a C three hundred or a, you know a, a professional camera and use it a little bit. But it's really good to have something that you're really great at. Um, you don't YouTube isn't the only angle. You know, you can make something that's beautifully crafted. No, I think journalism. Yeah, journalism is a multifaceted industry. Yeah, I would personally say if you want to work in football media. Lawrence makes a good point about being an expert at a very specific thing. But I think if you're multifaceted nowadays, you're more likely to be hired and considered uh, an important an important part of, of what you're working in. So, yes, you can be an expert 
on the camera, but if you can edit as well, if you can write, if you can do a bit bit of everything, people will sit up and pay attention. And if you ju- and nowadays, if you just go, I'm an editor, I can just edit. They'll people don't want to listen to it on the phone. Uh, I'd just say just just watch football as well. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, that's a really good just point. Football. Appreciate football, you know. Just love football. Just love it. Um, which like, teams yeah, are less than most? Which teams are less than most likely to get their eight required points from to win the title? Said Lance. Well, good it's going to be a difficult one. Lance. Good top top question, Lance. Thanks for setting those up for us. <laughs> Thanks for writing in. Um, <coughs> Swansea. You'd assume they'd be Swansea. Uh, You'd say so. Safe now, aren't they? So they might be on the beach, as it were. Man United <laughs> could get a nice one. I think that's going to be one of the ones where they'll they'll fall up. I really do. It's because Man United are so dodge, and only four points behind Arsenal. Which is not good enough, are they? <laughs> Leicester versus Everton at home. I could see I could see them winning that one. I mean, Everton haven't won in six games in the league. Their form is not great. Yeah, defensively, defensively they're not looking good either. I think that could be one of the big ones where they could potentially claw the points. And, Chelsea, and it's Chelsea. If, I mean, if Chelsea, Chelsea are stopping Spurs winning the league, right, they're just going to play you know, John Terry in goal, right? Pretty much. They didn't look like they were too fussed yesterday, though, against Man City. No. That's the thing. Yeah, probably, yeah I reckon Chelsea, Leicester, and I reckon they might draw with United then. Yeah, Chelsea... They're going to beat Swansea. They're going to beat Everton. They're going to beat Chelsea. They're going to draw with United. They're not going to lose another game for it. Yeah, they've won the title. Next (laughs) question. Is Luis Enrique finally showing his tactical ineptitude now his team is not performing? That's from Lorenzo A. Castanor. Thank you for your question, Lorenzo. I mean, to be fair, the teams aren't losing by massive margins, are they? No. Um, But I think think it is what we said before in terms of the the structure. It's just not good enough. And again, yeah, potentially he needs to evolve the side again. What we sort of spoke about earlier on in the podcast that you need to continually move in football. If you stop for one second, that's it. It's like anything. It's like world. It's like politics. If you, if you sort of rest on your laurels, then you're going to get started to lose and start to get beat again. Mm. I don't necessarily think that. I think that you know it's very difficult for that side to rest on their laurels, but it's also sort of after a while, you know, you yeah, you do need to keep things fresh and coming towards the end of the season. Yeah, it, it's hard to it's <laughs> yeah. hard to do that, especially. They they lost that by a very narrow margin. Let's not forget that it wasn't like it was you know, it wasn't like they were thrashed by another team. Thomas Lang said, "Who deserved to make the PFA Young Player of the Year shortlist more, Eric Dyer or Anthony Martial?" Now we did discuss this earlier. Who deserved to make it more? I'm gonna say Eric Dyer. Call me biased all you want. Well, I'm gonna equally be as biased and then argue the case for the other man. It's got to be Anthony Martial. Been the United's best player this season. A United team that's fifth in the Premier League. He's carrying them on his shoulders. He's the only man that's going to change the game. Again, you saw against uh, Villa that, you know, didn't play for most of the game, came on as a sub. United were awful going forward. I think he's one of the players that can make a difference. And that isn't what Eric Dyer does. Eric Dyer is a player that keeps things going. He breaks things up. So for, you know, what spark, what these journalists and what people like, it's attacking players. And that is why Anthony Martial should be on the list ahead of Eric Dyer. I don't actually believe that. That is a little rubbish. (laughs) <laughs> Lord, he, uh, I think you have the deciding vote here. Um, I'll go with Adam on this one. Uh, although I think he, I agree with Davey, has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, but I think Dave, the trivial nature of the way that Dave made his argument. Uh, <laughs> yeah, something like happens. Is Eric Dyer underrated, though? That's the big question for everyone. Uh, right, Dave, get out. Overrated, do you say? <laughs> underrated. Like Thomas uh-huh. Muller, underrated, isn't he? Right, Dave, time for you to hang up. Uh, I believe you've got other stuff to do, like cooking. We've got a f- we've got three more questions before we go. No, nope, okay, fine. Yeah, you, people have guess. been sliding into the DMs. Oh, they have, haven't they? They really are shameless yeah. in the way they do that. It's just sliding in. I love it. So, uh, um, just before we finish this, guys, have we? Picked a winner for the football. Oh, we're coming to that. We are okay. coming to it. Okay, just check. Just, 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 just checking. Uh, Soliman said, for the next pod, what's your favourite name in football? Not the funniest, the one you like most. Mine is Divock Origi. Sounds like the next captain of the Enterprise or the rogue outlaw all the other characters in the movie are aware of. A name that should only be whispered. I'm overthinking this. Whatever. What's your favourite? That's a great question, Solomon. Favourite name in football? I like a Tuhu. Oof. 
yeah, two who's a good one because it would always make the commentator sound like he's just sneezed. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. Bless you. It's two who. Bless you. It's two who with a great pass. You're right, mate. <laughs> uh, bless you. Gesundheit. Good day. Yeah, too. I, I, quite, uh, I think he plays on the right wing. Oh, <laughs> I quite like um, Anthony Martial because it's a it's obviously he's a French lad coming from France, um, and it's interesting how when Manx say Anthony Martial, it's it's uh, Anthony Marshall. I like that. It's Tony got like the, the two Tony. names. Yeah, Tony, Tony Marshall. I just like that. It's quite funny. It's got this dual duality to it. Much in we, someone the other day pointed out that Antonio Valencia and Antonio Valencia were all playing on the same pitch and they were just wondering if that had ever happened before. Chris and I couldn't quite work it out on the podcast, uh, but we were thinking it was somewhere between, uh, there's got to be like a Jesus and a, G, a, Jesus, a first name Jesus and those kind of things. Um, oh yeah. No one replied because it's too hard. Yeah, no one knows is the answer. No one My knows. favourite is um, that Chelsea youth player called Naughty Naughty. Yeah, that one. That's a good, that is. Uh, JJ Akocha is pretty uh, satisfying. Anyone, any footballer with a double name is great, isn't he? JJ Akocha, yeah. That's a, that is actually great. Um, right, um, final few questions. In my, da, 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 da. Oliver Stapley said, great podcast, boys. Slide into the DMs. It gives him a bit more time to ask his question. I like that. Okay. A few more characters. After yeah, the news now about everyone's going to be doing that. <laughs> After the news about the Olympic Stadium deal for, for the club, West Ham and the bad press West Ham have received today, uh, saying we basically stole it. I think it's only right I should be able to defend my club. I yes. know you don't do fans on the podcast, but I'd like to give my a few views on this issue and try and explain a few bits with either a written piece or a small chat with you guys, if either of those are possible. Even if it's not, your podcast is great, boys. Keep it up, Oliver. Now I see why I slid into the DMs. Fantastic stuff, in. Oliver. No, it isn't possible. Thanks for writing in anyway. Uh, we appreciate your efforts. Next question. Okay. Why you, Rich, oh, Oliver, right. why don't you send us like a maximum one minute but ideally 20 30 seconds of just a little bit explaining and and you know setting up for us to discuss it get your point of view across and we'll discuss it in the next Q&A podcast how about that rishab singh the main man said do liverpool need to buy a set piece specialist this summer uh after the frustration of watching liverpool dortmund uh, they don't need to buy a set piece. But they just need someone who can cross the ball. How many times did James Milner fail to get his corners beyond the first man lines? A lot of times. I think it may have been ten. It was ridiculous, and the cop was James. <laughs> they got a bloody furious. I was thinking that today. I was like, everyone forgot about all the negatives. Essentially, after that game, it was like, mm. oh no. I think in our, I think in our post match review on TFR, Adam, we did say Liverpool need oh, no, to you get. You were very fair. Really? Uh, yeah, yes, they need someone who can deliver a cross, basically. Because, you know, if Liverpool could deliver crosses, they've got people in the box who are capable of putting away, like Daniel Sturridge proved with a head today, like Sacco and Lovren proved. Um, uh, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of possibilities. And I think you know, Dave will probably agree. You know, you, oh, yeah. need, you need people who can make the most of, um, of your set pieces because you'll make so many, you know, you, you get so many more chances. It's essentially like a free cross. What are you doing not making the most of that? I think that Very you can true. look at Manchester United, especially like the, against Aston Villa. What were they doing? They were getting them forward and they were playing short short ball passes and they wouldn't even get it into the penalty area. It's, it's absolutely yeah. crazy. I didn't think with Jim, James Milner, obviously he does get a lot of stick for some of his corners and that type of thing. But overall, he's, he's not the worst cross in the Premier League. You know, He's up there in, in the top uh, the top six in terms of well, completed I, crosses. So I think it's one of those things where potentially from set pieces he's not good in open play I think he's, he's really decent and coming onto his left foot or coming onto yeah. his right foot at the right time he's good he's got quite a good cross accuracy actually in the Premier League it's one of the you know it's up there I think it's like about 33% so that's really decent for a player but I just think it's set pieces Liverpool need someone United need someone I think there's a bit of a, a lot of teams that do. sort of a yeah a lot of teams that do need that you look at Dorici Payet He's probably yeah. up there with one of the best deliveries or Williams pretty decent in his delivery this season Ericsson but there's right. other clubs that don't have that yeah, and and you know you can't be one of the top clubs and not have that. Um, although you know, it's, apparently James Milner's got something like nine assists this season, which puts him only two behind one of some of the best in Europe. So, um, you know, he's not the worst. Before we go, two things. Firstly, it's time to pick the comment of the week, and who is going to be the winner of our Football Manager 2016 competition? A couple of nice reviews coming in. I'll read out my favourites, guys, and we've got to decide who is the winner. First up, Hiltz116. 
The front three is quality. Loving to hear a mixture of different viewpoints from different teams. Love listening to the show and gutted there are not more episodes. He wants more. He gets two a week, but he wants more. Greedy. Oli6000 said, the whole pings in great questions and the front three smashed them into the back of the net every time with a perfect hat-trick of answers. Lawrence narratives and institution, Dave's stats and Adam's banter and direction. Hashtag great podcast. Hashtag 100% chemistry. Hashtag I am the whole. Hashtag narratives about institutions. Ooh, good. I like that one. Okay. Do you like that one, Oli? Uh, yeah. How many, how many codes do we have? I mean, we need more codes, I think would be my point. Ant times Ant said the only thing that could be better than this podcast would be the true Geordie finding out Newcastle have rehired John Carver. Yeah. Not bad. Someone actually Not did bad. tweet. You know, we, we tweeted out earlier that the gif of um, uh, Khaled, go, TJ Khaled going crazy. Um, oh, I love it. But, uh, I, someone said that needs to be the true Geordie. I was thinking, do we just, do we make, do we raise the money so that we can just put true Geordie naked in a pool with hey. champagne? What else is Kickstarter for? I mean, this sounds like a great... This could lead me on to my next point, but we'll come on to that. Final... <laughs> final... Uh, two final shout-outs. One from Ant Times X. Sorry. One from Dan Barker, who said, Not going to lie, this podcast is more magical than Leicester City and Wes Morgan winning the league. Stunning. But my pick for the winner, as good as that was, is Revenger 556. He said, Love the analysis from Dave. But sounds like a nutter. So does Adam and Lawrence. Maybe this should be called the free nutters. But love the content and would recommend to friends. Ooh, well, now, I mean, you don't don't just would recommend. Recommend it to friends. Yeah, you don't have to say you would do it. Just do it. It's great. <laughs> now, it, my pick for the winner is Revenge of Five 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 Six, saying we should recall the podcast the free nutters. Because well, I agree, that'd be perfect. Rule nutters. Yeah. So, do you agree, Lawrence? <laughs> I'm struggling between that and you know what's so mean is that you read out the other two so they know how close they were. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> I did like the use of hashtag 100% chemistry though from Ollie. Yeah, oh, that's exactly what I was thinking was. Uh... You know what? Let's give it to Ollie because I like that line. The whole ping's in the great question. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Smash into the back of the net. Yeah, that was a good line. football metaphor. Hashtags. Yeah. It sort of had everything. Ollie, yeah, Ollie gets it because I want Ollie to Ollie build gets that it. team. I want Ollie to build a football team called the whole. Oh my yes. god, that's a YouTube series if ever I hope on. I mean, it's Adam, you're gonna have to send Ollie. this other lad some Ferrero Rochers to make him feel better now after you've just you know uh, given him the prize and taken it away like that. Okay, was Revenger. it the beauty Miss Miss World that the, the yes. presenter no, did Dave, it twice? You, you bottled it. Like you made that, a good mate. point. You made a good point. Revenger, slide into my DMs and you may well get yourself some Ferrero Rochers. Ollie slide into Dave's DMs and he is going to give you that football manager code. There you have it. The winner is Ollie. Congratulations. Well played, sir. That's me clapping. I'm not sure if you can hear it. That's what it sounded like. Final point to make is, very excitingly, gents, the front three is one year old next week. No way! How are we going to celebrate? Everyone send in five pounds. Venmo us Five pounds. <laughs> well, that, the question is, how do we celebrate? Money. What I'd like to Money. know, oh. what we want to know on Twitter, at the front three, is how should we celebrate the front three birthday? Do we do a special podcast? Do we try and do some sort of meet up, the five aside we've been talking about? Oh, my I God. Mean, yeah, I don't know. Do we drink lots of Peronis? No, let's, let's do some Peronis. Us Peronis. I think we need to make it a week-long event. I mean, I think only a week would do such a momentous occasion justice, a week-long celebration. That is good, Adam. God, do you remember that, guys? Do you remember? Do you remember doing the first ever podcast? Do you remember yes, the excitement remember of sitting it. in the room and sort of like palpable you know, electricity in the air? Is the yeah. way that it can be described. It was Dave and I were literally like rubbing our legs, and that was the problem. <laughs> oh, that was what it was. That was the main issue. Yeah. So they have it a year next week of the Front Free podcast. Tweet us at the Front Free. How should we celebrate? And what's what's been your highlight? I want to know what everyone's highlight has been. What's been the actual actual? Find us a specific highlight and tell us that. Yes, tell us your highlights. That's a great shout. Um, Um, Also, if you want to give us a birthday present, as it were, (laughs) go on iTunes and rate and review the podcast because it's really nice of you to do such a thing, and we would like it very much. Yeah. So, see you next week for the front free birthday edition. Until then, though, Lawrence, where can the good people find you and your face? You can find my face on uh, YouTube 
at the front three. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Lostcast. L O Z C A S T. Where can people find you, Dave? Um, you know, go on to YouTube. Dave talks. I did some did a video this week with some music. It's been not well, it hasn't been well received, but I, I always like feedback. So Dave, if, yeah, you, know, if you tweet me with the feedback saying like Dave, that was absolutely rascal, mate. What are you playing? That that's good feedback, and I won't do it again. Good. Excellent. What I like is if you type in Dave talks into YouTube, yes, your channel comes up, Dave. But the first video is Megadeth's Dave Mustaine talks dystopia. <laughs> it makes sense. I, like I mean, I'll give him that. Yeah. yeah, that was my old stuff. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Bold. You can find all of us as it happens on the Football Republic. Until next. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Next week, have a bloody good Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, we'll see you on Wednesday.